Welcome back to another edition of Around Town. And today we have uh, some great guests. Pim, this is a topic that we've wanted to talk about for a while now. When I was in radio, I always found that uh, health-related topics were always some of the most popular, the ones that a lot of folks really can relate to, want to hear more about. And that's what we're about to find out more of health here in our community, right? Exactly. And we've been wanting to have uh, Chris Butler and Dr. Jennifer Lyles with us for quite a while now. And we'll find out a little bit more about Thrive. So welcome to the studios. What do you think? All is well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Chris Butler, of course, of Butler's Apothecary right here in uh, downtown Henderson. And it really wasn't too long after you had opened up that this idea had come to you uh, to have a, uh, a service like this, right? Yes, um, Dr. Rebecca Hopper actually started it. It started in, you know, just prayers with her, and then she decided to tag on Jen. Jen and her decided to tag me in, and then it kind of grew to what it is today from what we were, what it started as. I mean, just an idea. So glad to have you in our community, and of course, uh, uh, you're infused in other ways as well. So we appreciate that. You really have grown your business, haven't you? Yes, sir. It's been very good to us. Dr. Lyles, tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice and, uh, again, how you kind of got involved with Thrive. Sure. So I've been back here in Henderson. Henderson's my hometown. Grew up here, born and raised. Came back in 2011 where I was a pediatrician. And actually in 2017, I uh, ventured out and opened my own office, Premier Pediatrics and Wellness. And that's where I've kind of got my start doing concierge pediatrics, but also medical acupuncture for children and adults and um, skip along a few years so in 2021 Dr. Hopper uh, we were friends and and colleagues at the hospital and so I knew of her and she she came to meet with me one day and she said do you remember the Salvation Army Clinic that we both uh, volunteered with when we were at the (coughs) University of Kentucky we both completed our medical school we were just a year apart Um, but we volunteered there and it was a wonderful organization we would show up on Monday nights you got volunteer hours and you actually got to feel like a real doctor in medical school but you would treat patients you know from I think we opened up at six and we'd wait till the last one was there uh, till about 8 p.m. and students looked forward to getting those opportunities to go volunteer there and so basically Dr. Becca said I've had this idea just kind of ruminating for I think it had been years honestly she prayed about it she'd ask a few questions like maybe to the school or to her her you know higher ups at the hospital of like how do I get started can I do this? Like, would you give me space? Everybody was all for it, but she just kept hitting roadblocks. And so that's why she sought me out. She was like, hey, Dr. Jen has opened her own office. She knows how to do this. I happen to have the space too. And so that's really how the idea kind of blossomed. I was like, well, I definitely, I like to think of me as like a dream maker. She had this dream and I said, I can definitely use not only my own office, but just the skills of efficiently running an office and we can make this happen. And that's totally when we talked to Chris right around that same time and that we definitely knew we want, we needed the, the pharmacology part of it and the prescription medications and some over-the-counter medications. And so perfect person to kind of help us out in this dream and also being so close, closely located to us for our patients, but then also he's a friend. So it's been nothing but good things and it keeps growing and growing. So started, the doors officially opened the second Saturday, September of 2021. So we've just surpassed our two-year mark. Chris, we have been referring to Thrive 
Tell us exactly what is Thrive. So my role in Thrive is really I'm a good steward of the money. So Jen may write a prescription for, say, Buspar 30 milligrams. Well, or say even Buspar 7.5 milligrams. Well, I know that 15 milligrams is a third of the price of the 7.5 or the 30 milligrams. It doesn't make any sense, but that's the way it works. The most popular strength gets the cheaper price. So I can look and say, hey, listen, if we just cut that tablet in half or doubled this one, we're going to be able to take the price from $30 a script to $2 a script. So, or this drug is really expensive in an inhaler form, but we can do a nebulizer and then a breathing treatment with the same thing. And we're going to cut it down to $30 instead of $120. So it's taking what they're already writing and then just being a a good steward of the money and making sure that we're processing things as cleanly as we can to um, encompass as many people as we possibly can. But I think also what we're, we're trying to get at, too, is, I mean, we've got Obamacare, you know, we've got uh, Medicaid, we've got Medicare, we've got private, uh, you know, insurance. But where does Thrive kind of come I in on all going. this? Yeah, I uh, got where you're going now. Yeah. So that is for the underinsured. So you can have someone that has insurance but cannot afford to use their insurance. So you are insured by technical terms, but you cannot afford to use your insurance. You can't afford to miss the day of work. You can't afford the doctor's copay. You can't afford to come in and pay the copay pay at the pharmacy. So therefore you are insured, but underinsured. And that's kind of where the, our, our stake of Thrive comes in is that we're going to see you for free. You know, we ask for a little copay at the door if you have it. If not, we don't turn anyone away. And then the medication cost is completely free. And that's through generous donations, grants that we've had here throughout the community as well. Mm-hmm. I'll let Jen put her piece in. And I'd say the underinsured is definitely, it's probably a third of the population we see. The other huge portion of the patients that we see are just uninsured. They maybe don't meet those poverty levels to qualify for a Medicaid program, but then they're working but can't afford the insurance given through their employer or just on the exchange because as we have all seen with everything, the price of insurance has just gone up and up and up and up. Whereas, you know, you might not be getting anything more for that money. So that really is our patient population, uninsured and underinsured, like Chris said. When we go to the uninsured piece of it, Medicaid is really an all or nothing system. If the cutoff is $13.12 an hour is what you can, I don't know what the cutoff is, but whatever the cutoff is. So like say it's $12 or $13.12. If you make $13.13, you're one penny over that, you get no benefits. There's no spin down. It should be 80%. We can't change policy today, but you know, it's an all or nothing system. So it really affects how people go in, how they take job placement. Do you take a, um, a promotion at work where you can get a bonus or do that? Well, if it puts you over the threshold and now healthcare is at risk. And Henderson, obviously not immune uh, circumstance. Uh, we find this all across the country. It's great, though, that we also have this national association that you're now a part of, Community Health Initiatives that help to fill in the gaps and and be that where people fall through. But safety net, net, safety net. net. Yeah, exactly. So when I say that we do this for free, Jen does not get paid, I do not get paid. We have good day jobs. We don't really look for that, but we do like to look for the fulfillment of what our job brings to us. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes lose that when we have to worry about cost of things, billing these things. Yeah, you know, when we can move, remove those barriers as well, and that's through donations, through grants, through, the, I mean, th- that doesn't go unnoticed, but it removes that, the money piece of it, and we can really just focus on the care. And I think that has been really fun. We've tried to be not only the easy button for patients, you know, we they come, that yes, they have a little bit of, of paperwork to 
to fill out, we do ask for the $3 copay, but you know, that's really just to keep compliance and keep them kind of put some skin in the game so that they are part of their healthcare and their healthcare decisions. Um, And we found that, you know, when they are investing some time and some small amount of money into their healthcare, they're showing up for appointments, they keep those follow ups, they're adhering to the treatments that we put them on. And it truly has been amazing. But we really want to be the easy button they come in. It's a it's a lovely visit. It's in my office, which is a private practice. It looks beautiful. It doesn't look like you're going to a you know, a stark hospital-like atmosphere or, you know, a lot of free clinics end up being, yeah, kind of concrete cinder block walls and, you know, things like that. This is a lovely office. We treat you like you're our own family and that is so fun. And, and it's also an easy button for the doctors and the providers that are helping and people like Chris. So what I mean by that is we do get inundated with electronic medical records and making sure we're doing this and hitting this button. We are just practicing medicine because we do not receive any government money. We don't have to have electronic medical records like we do this on paper so that it's not an extra burden to the practitioners also doing this. And we work closely with Chris to make sure that the medications that we're giving are, you know, the most efficient, cost-effective treatments that we can give. And so it honestly has just been fun. And it's been actually a really fun kind of study in how medicine can be done efficiently and effectively, because I would say we are very good patrons of the money that is given to us. And so it's so fun. And the patients love it. We have so many great patients that literally will come and give a five or a ten dollar bill and whomever's working the front desk is trying to get their change and they say no thank you like keep that change for maybe somebody that can't afford their visit today we're just so happy you all are here because they're seeing the value in it how many of you are there that work and and is everything a volunteer basis and do you need more volunteers it is all volunteer basis so chris is our volunteer pharmacist dr becca and myself are the volunteer physicians but dr becca has gotten um, to take a new position in evansville at echo clinic and so she's kind of had to take a little bit of a step back from a clinical role so right now it is only myself seeing patients so we would love some more volunteers that maybe are physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs, and so they can definitely reach out to me and I can kind of let them know that process and what is needed to be a volunteer with us. We have lots of people though that volunteer that are nurses. We have some CNAs. We have some people that come translate for us because we do see quite a large Hispanic population and so we have a translator there most if not every weekend that we're open. So So what would be your contact number if somebody wasn't interested in contacting you how could they do that the easiest way is just to call my office since it would be a monday through friday call most likely and that is 270-212-1447 and just say you're interested in helping with thrive and my staff is fully aware of all of that and so they can help get the question fielded to the right person Chris, uh, in addition to everything else, you're also the number one cheerleader person that that a lot of times uh, will take a lot of the initial inquiries about Thrive. We do. I have a pretty decent sized footprint in that. So whenever I see a patient population that is struggling to pay for their, their medications or are not getting their medications, we actually just had one this past week. School actually called me and asked if we had resources. And I said, yes, I could connect them with Jen down there. We set up an appointment. They saw them. They came here. So they were in between. Dad was in between insurance, 90 days. So 
they know where to reach out to say, hey, you know, anywhere we are, we try to always make sure we bring that up whenever we see a situation like that. No judgment zone. It is a judgment-free zone. I myself have been a, a recipient of not having things. You know, my mom was a single mom. She worked. She struggled. This has not always been easy. No one gave me anything. We worked where what we have. So it's more so that I also would have received things like this. And if I would have done it then, and I'm sure I had at some point, you know, this is just another way to give back and to make sure that my kids also see that, you know, we do this same thing with the Christmas tree when, you know, we were recipients of those things. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'll make sure all of my kids go up there, they all pick one and, you know, just, it really is needed. It really needs to happen. And the only people that are willing to do it are, you know, So if you're feeling a calling, we could use more people to help. I think that definitely goes to just say how special that our team is here right now because we do truly care and our heart is in it because the patient he's talking about, that was on a weekday. Well, Thrive is only open right now on the second Saturday of each month. And you know what, though? We're not ever going to turn a patient away in need. He called me on a weekday, said, hey, I've got this, you know, got this kid who's at risk and really just needs some help. And by golly, my office looked in my schedule. The next day, we were able to fit him in in my normal schedule. And so I was able to see a Thrive patient outside of the Thrive window. It's it's fulfilling, and we just want to help our community. Do you feel like the word is getting out, though? Does the community know about it now? It's definitely grown quite a bit. Um, We get a lot more, um, more, a lot more talk about it. And Jen can speak more on, I think you were, where were you whenever you did a raffle? Mm, yeah, and, and that became the Men's big. Bourbon Society. We actually hosted it at my house. My my husband and my my I was about father. To say, I think you yes. have uh, a yes, couple have of members in house. Uh, yes, in house members of the Bourbon Society, and so we we hosted it there. And I think there were about eighty gentlemen, and I definitely was able to make a quick spiel up there as the token lady that was invited to come <laughs> up there. And yes, a lot of them had not heard about it. Some had heard, but just didn't know exactly what it was. And so I think the word is definitely getting out there. People were very supportive that evening. And I've even heard from some of them, you know, after that, that people are getting, you know, they're excited. They've maybe heard of people that have been using it. And so the word is definitely getting out. It needs to get out more, but it can only grow as fast as, as we have the volunteers and the, the, the manpower to, to work it. If I, if I showed up on a Saturday and they were lined around the block as, as the sole provider right now, yes, I would, my heart rate would go up a little bit and that blood pressure would, but you know what? We would do the best we could. So it's my understanding that you do receive grant money. That's correct. I mean, that's basically how you operate. But as an individual that's not in the medical community that can't volunteer in that way, is there a way that I can financially support your efforts? And how would I go about doing that? Yes, so we are a 501c3 company, so we are a nonprofit. I think if you look us up on the registry, uh, there was a little snafu when we were first creating it, and we're in a private foundation instead of a public charity, which is why it's difficult to find us on on certain websites. So, But we are an official nonprofit. We do, as the volunteers can, kind of manage it. We do apply for grants. We've received a Preston Foundation grant in the past, and and we do take private donations. And so we've had all, all types of people come, come out of the woodwork to give us donations over the last couple of years. And we try to be so frugal and just thoughtful with that money that luckily we're good stewards of the money. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't take a lot when we're donating everything, including my space and supplies to run the clinics. 
And this is for all ages, right? Not just for children. Is correct. That correct. Yes, it is okay. for all ages. Honestly, we see more adults than we do children because most children are covered under some type of Medicaid if they were uninsured completely. And that's one thing too. If we do see a need or maybe a, we think a patient would qualify for something, that we have people that we can reach out to to help get patients maybe qualified under Medicaid and get that card going. There's a couple of great stories that I think about one that Chris helped us with, but we saw a patient who didn't think she had insurance. She had some significant injuries and really needed to see multiple specialties, needed to see physical therapy. And, you know, we we were feeling very limited. We prescribed her a few things to help her along the way and had set up some follow-up with her. Chris was able to run the prescriptions at his pharmacy, and he said, oh my goodness, she actually has insurance um, that's active, and she didn't know that. So although she had insurance, we saw her, we were happy to help her, but we were more excited to be able to tell her, you actually have some insurance that is active? Like, let's get you into these specialists and get you the therapy that you need, because we were going to be so limited there at the office. In a country like ours, you would think that we would have figured things out by now, but it's it can be tough to navigate. So that's why we like doing this piece of it is we remove that aspect of things and then quality of care comes, you know, drastically up because we're not dealing with getting this bright code, putting this in, but you know, it, it, and, and even whenever we pull that insurance, I can then give her all of her data from that. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as that patient goes on, but just not dealing with insurance at all is, is probably the biggest blessing. Insurance is built to make money. They are a multi-billion dollar agency a quarter. We're talking a quarter billions of dollars. So it's, has to be very complex because if we all understood it, we would be more outraged. (laughs) The the best story mm -hmm. that I have that goes with that is um, this was one of the first patients that I saw actually. And so it's about this time of year too. So two years ago, right now, I saw a patient on the Saturday, 95% sure that she had breast cancer. So Mm -hmm. COVID was tough on people. People neglected their normal Healthcare, they were uh, ladies, definitely neglected those mammograms. And she came in, the head was down. She said, you know, I think something very serious is going on. I was told I have an abnormal mammogram and I needed to follow up. And fast forward two years from 2020, she didn't follow up. And so she came that day to see us and we were 95% sure all the healthcare providers that day, Dr. Becca, myself, all the nurses, we were all in there with her. And so I was able to call and get not only a mammogram, but we knew it was going to be abnormal. You could feel lumps everywhere. But we were able to get an ultrasound-guided biopsy on the same day immediately following that. And so, number one, the best news of the day was I got to call her on Christmas Eve and tell her, you, in fact, do not have breast cancer. And the radiologist has even said, shocked, how did you get both of those studies done on the same day? And I said, well, we didn't have to run through insurance and get one, and then three weeks later schedule the other one, I was able to do, because we were so certain that it was going to be breast cancer, we were able to do them back-to-back on the same day and give her that news on Christmas Eve, in fact, that she did not have breast cancer. So that's probably my favorite story of the whole two years that we've been open, and there's lots of stories like that of just helping people that have literally neglected their health care due to financial burden that have fallen through the cracks, and we're just trying to help Help those. Can we get you guys in front of Congress or, or, or <laughs> Department of Health and Family Services or somebody? Because uh, this sounds like, you know, the way that it should be. I know that you collaborate with so many other local agencies. 
Diabetes Coalition, uh, Health Department, but you're even uh, helping some folks that have vision or dental and yeah, mental health. Yeah, what about mental health? Those are all great questions. And so we, we definitely try to get people plugged in with those resources. If we, if we see an issue, you know, we're on the phone, we're calling those physicians, we're trying to get the patient where they need to go. I would say the, the dental care is definitely a needed, needed thing. And that's not just in our community. It's everywhere. But that's probably our biggest gap in coverage is those that truly have very poor dentition. They're getting abscess after abscess, and we need extractions and things like that. So we've definitely found some gaps of, of just needed services. But we are talking all the time to our friends that are in those different modalities of medicine that we need help or we try to get them places. Uh, we haven't had to utilize it very often, but Echo over in Evansville does have subspecialties, and so we have had to use them if somebody maybe needed to undergo some cancer therapy or needed a GI doctor, something like that. I think another really nice part of Thrive is that we do have labs and x-rays that we can do up through Deaconess that have been gifted to us on a yearly basis, so we have kind of X amount of dollars that we can use up there, which is nice because, once again, those mammograms that people have neglected or just routine labs. Let's check somebody's cholesterol, see what they're doing. Routine labs definitely have gone off the since COVID. The big piece with that one is you've got to make sure you do not have yeah. health insurance. Yes. If you have health insurance and you come see us and we send you to Deaconess. Yes, we will lose that. We, so. You cannot. That, so, I mean, you've got to be very honest with us because they have allotted us a large sum of money for mm-hmm. those labs. So that is probably our biggest stickler piece to it. So whenever we send you up there, we're going to say it probably five times. Now I have some other things that we can do if somebody is underinsured, so they carry a health care policy, but their insurance is, they're, say their deductible is astronomical, then there's ways to get around that. I even have a phlebotomist coming to my own office every Thursday. Those labs, I think, what did they tell me last time? I think a CBC without insurance would probably cost you a dollar and a couple of pennies, I think is what they said. A dollar two is exactly what they told me, actually. So there are ways that we can get very cheap labs if somebody needed something checked uh, frequently. But exactly right, Chris. We have some free labs and x-rays and mammograms that we can do through Deaconess, but it has to be uninsured. I'd like to know how you came up with the name Thrive, because that's a great name. Is that an acronym for something, or did you just think it up? It is not. So Dr. Becca, I'm going to give her uh, kudos for that. So we, in making the office and in knowing the feel that we wanted, which is the way that all of, that's the way Chris runs his business. That's the way I run my business. We want everybody to feel like family. And so Thrive, nonprofit family medical center, you're our family, and we want you to thrive, not just survive. And so truly, it sounds kind of corny, but that, that is truly the basis of, of why we wanted that name. Of course, we're getting close to the end of this uh, current year. We're about to embark on a brand new year. A lot of people are making resolutions. What would your resolution be for Thrive in the coming new year? So my biggest resolution is, number one, I want to grow patient numbers and volunteers. I really would love to get some more medical providers in there. My second biggest resolution, though, and uh, Ms. Pym kind of um, alluded to this a second ago, and I didn't mean to ignore that part of her question, mental health. So we've actually applied for a couple of grants. There's a couple we haven't gotten, and there's one we just um, I need to submit today, actually. But the mental health portion of 
thrive. I really want to grow in 2024. And so we already do a very good job of treating mental health medically, meaning we do give depression, anxiety, drugs. We are helping people um, with schizophrenia and bipolar. The piece we do not have is the therapy, which is so helpful with any of those diagnoses. And so what I'm hoping to do with grant money or even just with money that, you know, that is allotted to us, whether we get these grants or not, I would love to kind of collaborate with our local counseling services and pay them to see our patients. This is, you know, counselors work so hard and I would not expect them to come give of their Saturdays too when they're already working so hard and just overloaded with patients. So we would be willing to pay a counselor for their session so that our patients can get both pieces of the puzzle there, not only the medications, but the mental health counseling as well. I think I'd like to see the um, volunteer basis of things kind of really increase. You know, I feel like we could do a lot more if we had a lot more. And I think as we are, I feel like it's grown quite a bit since Mm -hmm. in the first two years, it was kind of slowish at first. And then I'm seeing the same patients that are coming in month after month after month. And it's nice to see that we're following them through that they are taking the medication when they're supposed to. And they're always very appreciative whenever they come in. So I think I'd like to see really just the, the volunteer basis increase. Whether you have an expertise in it or not, I mean, it doesn't harm to be a smiling face and just a helping hand. Back to the volunteers and what we're looking for. Yes, of course, we would love for somebody to be a doctor, a nurse practitioner, PA, something like that. But no, we have check-in and check-out. That is so important and really all that takes. That is all trainable. That just takes a smiling, nice person. And then I'm typically the cleanup crew because it's at my office and I know how, you know, I I need things to be before I start on, on Monday. Even if you're like, I can do nothing except take out some trash, well, by golly, we can use you. And then if you feel like, well... That's maybe not needed. We always would be happy to take supplies, whether it's cleaning supplies, paper towels. If people ever just have maybe a surplus of toiletries or something, I do tend to set out samples of things because as a pediatrician, I tend to get samples of soaps and lotions and laundry detergent, things like that. We set little goodie baskets out every Saturday that were open and, and we definitely encourage them, like fill up a bag or sometimes if we have a plethora of stuff, we'll just fill a goodie bag and give them to patients as they leave in case they're embarrassed to to take things but we've definitely noticed there is all types of jobs that are needed at the office and we would not turn anybody away if they wanted to to help us. I've heard about Thrive for the last two years and I'm in the pharmacy a lot Mm -hmm. and and that's where I first learned about it so we're really honored and so thank you so much we really appreciate you spending this time with us and our listeners. Very informative hopefully we can help spread the word what you folks are doing and keep it up. Thanks for coming in. Well thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. We'll have more great topics for you each Monday and Friday. They'll be posted to our website and also wherever you find your podcasts. Have an idea for our show? Email us at aroundtownwithstarkandclark at gmail.com and be sure to tell your friends. He's Stark. And she's Clark. And until next time, we'll We'll see see you around town. town.